Did you miss Canton and Carlin? We're going to get to the Brittany Griner sentencing in just a moment, but we've got some breaking news out of the NFL. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedle filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Nick Friedle. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line at triple eight say ESPN. So Adam Schefter has just let us know who is going to handle the appeal. The NFL had appealed Deshaun Watson's get six-game suspension. The NFL could have opted to hear it themselves. Roger Goodell essentially loving whatever punishment he wanted under the bylaws of the CBA. Nick, instead, Roger Goodell has decided to appoint an independent designee to hear the appeal. And according to Shefty, it will be Peter C. Harvey, who served as Attorney General of New Jersey, He's now a partner at a big law firm in New York. He has also served as a federal prosecutor. He has deep expertise in criminal law, including domestic violence and sexual assault. What is your reaction to us hearing officially that Roger Goodell has punted the issue to an independent party? It sounds like the NFL's plan all along in all this, Amber, is to keep Roger Goodell out of the brightest spotlight possible and in Putting Harvey in that seat now and listening to the appeal, you continue to keep Goodell's name, face, everything away from even more scrutiny. So I understand why the NFL has done what it's done, and it's very calculating the way in which they have tried to keep Goodell away from what exactly is going on here. I think it's very smart. It will make it much more difficult for Watson and the NFLPA to challenge whatever the result of the appeal is in federal court. Also, I do note here that it's a former prosecutor that Goodell has named. And what was interesting to me about this new process under the CBA in front of Sue L. Robinson was the NFL was essentially acting as a prosecutor in front of Sue L. Robinson, right? And Deshaun Watson's camp was acting as the defense, and that's sort of how things went. And so now Goodell has named a former prosecutor to handle the appeal. So we will get back to this Watson story in just a moment, but we now know the fate of Brittany Griner, at least in terms of her fate in Russia. In Russia, she has been convicted of drug possession and drug smuggling. She has been sentenced to nine years in prison. So let's get some help with the Brittany Griner conversation. For that, we bring in TJ Quinn, ESPN's investigative reporter and senior writer. And TJ has been on this Griner story since the beginning. TJ, thanks for joining us. What does this verdict actually mean today? Well, effectively, it means it's the end of the first chapter of her story in Russia. Uh, They knew she was going to be found guilty, which is why she pleaded guilty. Uh, They knew that the only way she was going to come home is if the two countries strike some kind of deal. Um, The the trial is always a formality. It's theater. And they knew that. It doesn't make it an easier day. I mean, Brittany Griner, from people I've spoken to, was absolutely devastated by it. Um, People around her were. uh, But they knew this was happening. What this does, though, is moves her situation from the trial from the legal realm into the diplomatic world, which is where it's going to be solved. I mean, the U.S. indicated just a week ago that it was willing to make a, essentially a prisoner swap for her, which, I mean, is unprecedented for them to say it publicly. You usually don't hear about it till after a deal is done. And Russia has said all along, you know, wait until the trial is over. 
The whole world may look at it and say this is a ridiculous sham of a trial. But Russia says, hey, it's serious to us. Take it seriously. Uh, so we won't entertain any conversations until after the sentence. And that's where we are now. So, TJ, with that in mind, is there any timeline here as far as a potential prisoner swap would go? There's really not. And, you know, from what I've come to understand over the past few months uh, and, and looking at previous cases, it could come together tonight and it wouldn't be a shock. It could drag out for a couple of years. You've got you know, typically, I mean, I'll give Russia a little credit. They're right. Usually these things are done very quietly behind closed doors. Uh, the reason the U.S. says uh, it broke precedent and Secretary of State Antony Blinken flat out said we were seeking a deal. They said they were frustrated with Russia's response, that they made what they called a, a credible, significant offer and that Russia came back with something they considered ridiculous. So it was like they were calling them out. But I think what anybody following this needs to keep in mind is you don't know what you don't know. There are so many different levels to this in conversations. It is not as simple as Joe Biden calling Vladimir Putin saying, hey, let's cut a deal. It took enough just to get the Biden administration to commit to that path. There were people in his administration saying we should not make a deal like that. It puts Americans at future risk. Uh, There were others saying the incentive to kidnap Americans is already there. So at least we know that the Biden administration is committed to a path of of making a deal. But then who are you dealing with in Russia? You've got multiple factions. Um, You've got, you know, facts that change or situation changes on the ground all the time. So until she's on a plane, there's there's really no way to, to read the tea leaves. TJ Quinn, ESPN investigative reporter, joining us here on Canteen. Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys. So you said we don't know what we don't know. We think we know who Russia wants, though, in terms of a prisoner swap, right? And, and Victor Bout, a Russian arms dealer. Was there more to what was potentially being negotiated? And how surprised would you be if we hear about these sort of prisoner swap negotiations moving forward? I the- we know that they were interested in, in, in getting Victor Booth because it came through Russian media. That's one thing about Russia is if you read something in, in official state press, it came from the government. And there was a story in TASS, the official news agency, in May saying that there had been – I mean, it was classic Russian uh, operations. The story said there had been discussions about him according to sources in the government. But then there's another source quoted saying – Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Um, it was a way to float the name out there without committing themselves to it. Um, we, we know that they have wanted him in the past. He's doing a 25-year sentence in the U.S. He's a notorious international arms dealer. Um, they want him. He's become kind of a folk hero in Russia, actually. And the U.S. has indicated that it's willing to trade Griner and uh, – I'm sorry, trade him for Griner and another American, Paul Whelan who's been there since December 2018 on espionage charges, the U.S. also considers him wrongfully detained. So it seems like it's there. But then Russia apparently came back with the name of a a guy who's being held in Germany for murdering someone in Belgium. And the U.S. response was, you can't seriously think that we can get Germany to throw in some guy who's a murderer to get back someone, you know, who was busted for weed. Um, So the U.S. is clearly making a statement. If it's going to happen, it's a prisoner swap the way we discussed it. Um, You know, whether that's enough to get Russia to move, that we don't know.
TJ, has it helped or hurt the process that so many athletes over the last few weeks have been so public about freeing Griner? It's a really interesting case. Uh, uh, I mean, really interesting question. You've had, when I've talked to, to State Department and other government officials, you know, back as far as March, you know, they've said, from their standpoint, they're as motivated as anybody to get these Americans out. Um, but the fact is, all the public pressure on Brittany Griner has put attention on this and pressure on the White House like you've really never seen before with somebody who was wrongfully detained. And her case has moved more quickly than really any of them. I mean, Paul Whelan, who you know, I just mentioned, he didn't get to court for 18 months un- uh, until after he was convicted. 18 months of pretrial detention, and then he was convicted. Now he's been there three and a half years. So compared to that, her case is flying along. And the Biden administration did make an, an offer early on. So was that just simply new policy? Uh, or was it a result of the pressure? Not really sure. But the people around her, they intend to keep the pressure up till she gets home. TJ, we're up against it here, but I just want to follow up on that really quickly then. So are you suggesting also that maybe Russia was feeling a bit of pressure to expedite this as well because of her star power? That falls into I don't know what I don't know. The star power makes her more valuable over there. Like people who have asked, what if it was LeBron? If it was LeBron. They'd hang on to him forever to get as much as they could. Um, so I don't know what motivated them, but, but obviously they moved up the timetable as well. TJ Quinn, ESPN investigative reporter and senior writer. TJ, thanks for joining us. Anytime, guys. Coming up next, Roger Goodell will not oversee Deshaun Watson's appeal. We'll tell you who will next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? So we just had on TJ Quinn, ESPN's investigative reporter. He was just on with us moments ago discussing 
Brittany Griner sentencing. She has been sentenced to nine years in prison in Russia. Much, much of a formality. We all knew it was going to be something uh, near that. The maximum sentence is 10 years. Prosecutors were act- asking for nine and a half years. So it's a formality. And now uh, the that that's done, maybe Russia will go back to the negotiation table in terms of facilitating a prisoner swap. That would be the hope to get her home. But he said something at the very end of his interview that I found shocking. And frankly, Nick, I was like taken off guard when he said it. I didn't I knew we needed to get out of the segment. And I was just so shocked when he said it. So I just wanted to hit on this real quickly. Here was TJ Quinn just moments ago. That falls into I don't know what I don't know. The star power makes her more valuable over there. Like people who have asked, what if it was LeBron? It was LeBron. They'd hang on to him forever to get as much as they could. So I don't know what motivated them, but but obviously they moved up the timetable as well. The reason I found that so shocking, the idea that if it was LeBron, they would just hang on to him as long as they could. I understand it from a from a bargaining chip perspective, but I guess I have been seeing this situation as man, if this was one of our star male athletes. And listen, I'm not out here all the time playing the woman card, but I, I mean, I, I can't help but not play it in this situation where if this was one of our male athletes of the same caliber as Brittany Griner, who is one of the biggest stars and most successful stars in her sports, then none of this would have been happening. And this would be the biggest story. And this would be leading the A block, the first segment of every single show everywhere, nationally and locally, if this was a male athlete. And frankly, Nick, I was thinking if this was LeBron, he'd already be home. And Amber, I think that is what a lot of fans all over the place thought, but it speaks to TJ's point. You can't just assume that the U.S. and the government would come in and be like, all right, well, (laughs) we're ready to do whatever it would take and have them snap their fingers and, and get LeBron back in this case. So there are so many different layers here. And as TJ laid out, there are so many things that we as the public don't know. So as hard as it is for fans and certainly for Brittany Griner's family and her teammates and and all the people close to her, it's got to be so frustrating on a day-to-day basis. But there are so many different things involved when you're talking about the international scope of this, especially with what Russia's involved in in the Ukraine and beyond right now. Yeah, it is obvious that Brittany Griner is being used as a political pawn, right? Mm-hmm. And so as somebody with even a more star power, even a bigger stature than presumably could be used even more so, I suppose, to TJ's point. And I just wonder what that means when we're talking about all of our athletes who play overseas. We see it with male athletes as well. We see it with male athletes all the time in the NBA at the end or towards the end of their careers. We're seeing it potentially with Live Golf moving forward and the government that Live is involved with, right? So I do wonder what the ramifications are down the road when we're talking about these incredibly high-profile American athletes and we're seeing in real time what can happen if one of them is wrongfully detained. Again, wrongfully detained. Uh, our government has told you that from the beginning with Brittany Griner. She has now been sentenced to nine years in prison in Russia. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com. The NFL's decision that it will appeal the six-game suspension that Sue L. Robinson handed out on Monday. When I saw six games originally, to myself, I said, that's not enough. Some people think that Roger Goodell himself should be the one that stands up there and makes the decision. 
So we now know who is going to hear the appeal of the NFL as the NFL has appealed Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. It will not be Roger Goodell, and it will not be the NFL. It will be Peter C. Harvey. Goodell has named him to hear the appeal. He served as Attorney General of New Jersey. He's now with a big law firm in New York. He also was a federal prosecutor earlier in his career. Jeff Darlington is pointing out that it's important to note that Harvey has a strong relationship with the NFL, having heard several team-related arbitrations in the past. He serves on NFL's newly formed diversity panel. This isn't intended to be an independent or neutral party. It is purely Goodell's designee. I also noted earlier, and this is just purely my opinion, but I noticed earlier when I was looking at Peter C. Harvey's resume, before I even knew about his ties to the NFL specifically, I was noting that, hey, he's a former federal prosecutor. And the NFL in this Watson situation is essentially acting as the prosecutor. And that's kind of the role that the NFL was taking in front of Sue L. Robinson. And now it's appealing to a former federal prosecutor and one that apparently it has a very friendly relationship with. Well, I know people are listening to us right now, Amber, saying, of course the NFL does. Of course they have a friendly relationship. This would always seem to be uh, where it was headed if the NFL didn't get its way. But I'd ask you, is there any difference from this case's standpoint appealing to a former judge or appealing to a former federal prosecutor? No, I mean, uh, both of these people are more than qualified to act uh, as an independent arbitrator in this scenario, and that's exactly what they're doing. And especially since this experience has been had, apparently, with Harvey. And so that relationship doesn't surprise me that there would be a relationship between him and the NFL. Don't forget, under the CBA, Roger Goodell could have just heard this thing himself. The NFL could have heard it themselves. And so they are bringing in an outside designee. Now, it's one who is friendly to them and they have a relationship with, but it's not surprising that they would exercise their power in that way. It still takes some of the power out of their hands. This isn't, again, Roger Goodell hearing it and just instituting whatever punishment he wants. There's some more viability to it in terms of an independent process, but it's not wholly independent because it's the NFL that has this relationship with who is going to be serving as an arbitrator in this scenario hearing the appeal. So we now know it will not be Roger Goodell. I think that's really the big headline here because it could have been, but... It will be somebody who is friendly, it appears, anyways, with Roger Goodell and with the NFL. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys. Coming up next, it is an important day today for LeBron James's future with the Los Angeles Lakers. It is time to talk some hoops. This is ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Today is the first day that Lakers for LeBron James is eligible to sign a contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in some help to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and how significant today is. Dave McMenamin, he, of course, is ESPN's Lakers reporter. And Dave, thanks for joining us. Explain to us why today is significant for LeBron and the Lakers. Well, it's a calendar date that is, in a way, a technicality when it comes to contracts and the way they are structured in today's NBA, where LeBron being 37 years old with a contract that will take him through the rest of this season will be 38 by the time he's a free agent. And so based on his age, he's only eligible to sign up to a two-year extension at this stage of his career. Today was the first day he's eligible to do it, but it's not like it needs to happen today or it goes away. Actually, he will be eligible up until June 30th after the end of this upcoming season to sign said extension. And, and so right now, as a reporter on SportsCenter, as a reporter on NBA Today, nothing is imminent between the Lakers and LeBron's camp in terms of signing that extension. But we'll see what happens as we get closer to the regular season beginning. <laughs> so, so, Dave, what you're telling us is that you're going to be answering these same questions for months and months and months. So it's another day in LeBron land. But if he does not sign this thing... At some point in the next few months, what does it say about his desire to remain with the Lakers over the next few years? Nick, I don't think it would say all that much at all. Because, listen, if LeBron James, who is already quite financially secure, has been deemed a billionaire by Forbes magazine, if he decides to wait it out, and go into the year, and let's say something bad happens. Let's hope nothing bad happens, but injury-wise, right? He's missed basically one out of every three games the last two years because of injuries. Let's say something even worse than that happens, right? It's not like there's not going to be a list of teams that are to be willing to pay him. Like we saw with Kevin Durant coming off a torn Achilles, if you are a certain level of superstardom in this league, there will still be teams ready to pay you. So it's not like he's making all that much of a risk. And there are two things he is surveying as we move forward. He wants to be able to win championships and add to his collection of four before he hangs it up for good. And he wants to have a chance to be able to play with his eldest son, LeBron James Jr., should his son prove himself to be good enough to play in the NBA. And so 
it makes sense to give yourself some wiggle room if you're really not worried about the insurance factor of needing the extra $97 million. And wow, what a statement I just made there. <laughs> not needing an extra $97 million, but he really doesn't. Uh, the other two things what are what matter more. And so it'll behoove him to wait a little bit rather than just sign his name at the dotted line the first chance he gets. Dave, I feel like you don't know how the sports radio thing works, though. If he doesn't sign by next week, we're going to be questioning LeBron's <laughs> future with the Los Angeles Lakers for the next year. Believe it. Uh, Dave McMenamin, ESPN Lakers reporter, joining us here on Canty and Carlin Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys. So how if how does this extension impact the Lakers in terms of the salary cap and their ability to plan for this Lakers team moving forward? I mean, it doesn't really matter when it comes to this upcoming year, and that's kind of where we're at with this Lakers operation right now. You, you kind of consume it year to year. And, and honestly, while you have LeBron James, that's how you should view it. It's not about long-term planning when you have a top-five player of all time trying to finish out the string of what's been one of the greatest careers we've ever seen in any sport. It's about what's in front of you. And so – you know, LeBron making a commitment or not making commitment between now and the start of training camp, between now and the start of the regular season, it will have zero impact on how the Lakers approach this upcoming season. Now, you could say if he doesn't sign it, and this is where I understand sports talk radio, it will become a distraction <laughs> for the entirety of the season. And that's a fair statement. Uh, but I think let's all remind ourselves even though these NBA off-seasons are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, there's still a decent amount of time between now and when the team's going to report to training camp where we really have to think about how this decision could impact the group uh, when they play basketball this season. Dave, as far as this upcoming season goes, you and I were just out in Vegas a few weeks ago, and the Lakers, of course, were a hot topic of conversation. If LeBron is healthy playing like he did last year, and Anthony Davis is healthy, what are the real, realistic expectations for this group this season? I, I, it's hard to say, Nick, without knowing what's going to happen with Russell Westbrook. If Russell Westbrook is part of this team to begin the season, I have to see a 10-game sample size before I can give you any sort of sense of what they're going to be able to accomplish because I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that under a new coach and under a new mental approach and under uh, a little bit of familiarity of, of managing life off the court in the city he grew up in, uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But if it looks anything like it did last year, you are going to have such a low potential for this group. Now, again, if he proves all of us wrong and looks like the player, the Darvin Ham, the new head coach, believes he can be, then we'll readjust. But right now, based on what we saw last year, I would say this Lakers team, as currently constructed, is you know, hoping to be out of the play-in tournament and grab the 6, 7, or 8 seat. One more on the way out. I know you said it wasn't a big deal if LeBron doesn't sign this thing right now, but could he possibly use it as a bargaining chip to try to pressure the front office to do something so this team doesn't look like that same team from last season? 
I mean, that's what I would do, right? Uh, you can have a conversation with the Lakers front office, Lakers ownership, and say, hey, um, remember that time when I wasn't here? And, and yeah, I know, you know this has had its ups and downs, but you had a stretch of six straight seasons not making the postseason. You want to go away from the LeBron James business and just go back to being, quite frankly, one of the the most disappointing franchise in all sports, you can, or we can work together. You can give me a reason to want to stay. You can give me a chance to add championships to my resume. And you say as a franchise that all you stand for is winning championships. So it should be in your best interest as well. And if if we both look each other in the eye and we admit that, Hey, this group is currently constructed, will not get it done for the 22-23 season. Let's be okay with giving up future assets, that 2027 first-round pick, that 2029 first-round pick, in order to make us more competitive this year. And if we do that, I'll gladly sign because I'll know that we have each other's interests at heart. Dave McMenamin, ESPN Lakers reporter. Dave, thanks for joining us. Of course, you got it. Coming up next, why Trey Lance is not the only second-year quarterback being compared to Patrick Mahomes. That's next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Joe Flacco, Nick, he still believes that he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, he is embracing his role as Zach Wilson's mentor on the New York Jets, but it appears that Zach Wilson is actually going to be the starter there in his sophomore season in New York. However, Robert Sala, his head coach, had some high praise for Joe Flacco here with Sala. When you see him on the field, we've seen some of the throws he's made. Are you guys almost, or are you surprised that you were able to get him in a role where he is pretty much going to be this team's backup and he's not somewhere competing for a starting we, job? We, he, he should be, in my opinion, he could start in this league. I, I, I believe that. He's... Um, you know, I, sometimes this league has a tendency to pigeonhole people or put labels on people, and uh, and then their their opportunities kind of get limited. But uh, but Joe Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback in this league. He's he's really really talented. Flacco is thirty seven right now. Are you surprised to hear Robert Sala say that he he should be a starter? Oh, Amber, I feel like we're going back in a time machine for the is Joe Flacco elite conversation (laughs) that dominated so much of that time in in Baltimore. Has Flacco earned the contract? Can he maintain the level that he's playing at? That is Robert Sala trying to stand up for his guy, trying to spin forward publicly that they've got the right guy in place for the backup job, and that is nothing more than... (laughs) A coach. That's just take, a sell job. Taking a that. question and selling it all the way to the top. I mean, at least Robert Sala is a players kind of coach, right? Like that is a dude who stands behind his players. But Evan Wilner, you are a Jets fan. Is that a dude who's capable of evaluating quarterback talent? 
I hope so, because I think it's more about Zach Wilson. I would say this. Joe Flacco, based on what I saw last season, is probably the third best quarterback on the Jets. Like Mike White had an historic debut against the Cincinnati Bengals, who ended up in the Super Bowl. So what I hear when Robert Sala says that is, hey, Browns, if Deshaun Watson's suspended for a year and you don't want to pay for what it's going to take to get Jimmy G, come trade for Joe Flacco. He knows the division. He can win you football games. He's better than Jacoby Brissett. That's all Robert Sala's doing. He's just selling other teams to come trade you know, a fifth round pick for Joe Flacco. Ever, I want to know what kind of throws Joe Flacco is making in training camp. Apparently, it's wildly <laughs> impressive to Robert Sala. Wow. I love Robert Sala saying that Flacco should be a starter while simultaneously refusing to make him the starter on that team. <laughs> you know, it's like it's Sala's like, yeah, he should be a star somewhere. I mean, given I'm the head coach and I could just actually make him the starter here, but no, that's going to be Zach Wilson. So, he's good enough to be a starter, just not here in New York, but somewhere they should look into that it is time for us to play a little game called respect it or check it respect it or check it is brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook make every moment more and for respect it or check it we bring in our producer evan wilner evan it is your time to shine and we're going to start with some more jets quarterback talk in an interview with sports illustrated chad johnson says zach wilson is patrick mahomes ish respect it or check it uh, I am going to check it. Uh, and it's not that I am out on Zach Wilson. I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to be good. He, he's got the look. Uh, he's been in a lot of rumors this offseason. I don't know if that helps you or hurts you if you're Zach Wilson. <laughs> but uh, he, he moving forward, is going to need to do a whole lot more than just play better in his sophomore season in order to be Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are we talking about? Zach Wilson's going to win a Super Bowl this season? No, this isn't Patrick Mahomes. Good try, Chad Johnson. This is not the first time that Chad has said something that has collectively made lots of people go, wait, what? So, no, I I do not see Zach Wilson taking that type of leap. Mahomes is a once-in-a-generation type of talent from what we've already seen, and I think he's still got room to get better. Zach Wilson isn't close to where Mahomes is at. Yeah, who asked you? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Saints first-round pick, offensive tackle Trevor Penning, was kicked out of practice three days in a row for getting into uh, a little scuffle with three different defensive players. (laughs) He was asked about it. He said, it's part of my game. I think it's just how I am as a player. Respect it or check it. Oh, this is amazing. I mean, three different times you get into fights at training camp. I guess Penning is really passionate. Is that the way to categorize this? Uh, I don't know how you handle this. If you're Dennis Allen, he said that we don't have time for this. It seems like Allen wasn't so happy that this Trevor Penning continues to get into fights that's a big dude. He's got big shoes to fill because I think this is the player that was replacing Armstead. But uh, I, I, am I respecting or check? I don't, I don't know what to do with this story. To be honest with you, other than to laugh. Well, uh, I, I respect it, Amber, and the reason why is because if you are playing that type of position and you're replacing who you're replacing, you have to come in with the type of attitude. You are going to absolutely dominate anybody who comes in your path. I don't think it's the best route to take as somebody who is still learning all kinds of new teammates all over the place. But if you have that type of confidence and arrogance in that type of moment, 
more power to you. I like how he said it's part of my game, but I'm obviously out here working on technique. I mean, I'm trying to get better technique, blocking. I, I'm working on all the things, but it's part of my game, the fighting as well. He's got a lot of time, this Trevor Penning. Jason Fitz said earlier thinks the Raiders will finish second in the division. Let's go one step further. The Raiders will win the AFC West. Respect it or check it. I'm going to check this. I think that the Raiders are going to be much improved this season. I thought that what they did, frankly, last season in a really tumultuous season was impressive. And I think that connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams is going to be fun to watch. The problem for the Raiders is that they have the Chargers and the Chiefs in their division. And, oh, by the way, the Denver Broncos are Russell Wilson as well. So it's the division that's the problem for me with the Raiders. I'm checking it. You're not betting against Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders have an, a lot of nice weapons. Cool. They still have Derek Carr. And Carr has made plenty of mistakes in the past. Mahomes is Mahomes. He will make everybody else around him better. I'm taking the Chiefs. Robert Ory, big shot Bob taking big shots at Shaq's son. He said, I picked up my phone and I was getting ready to call Shaq like, yo, man, you got to tell your son, Sharif O'Neal, he can't be playing off the damn O'Neal name. He got to go out there and play. Respect it or check it from Big Shot Bob, Robert Ory. Um, I, I guess I check this. I don't, I don't know. I, uh, sure. I, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I don't know if Ori needed to go after Shaq's son in this scenario. So I'll check this. This is a check because Evan, if you are Robert Ori, you might've been about to call Shaq, but I promise you now Shaq's calling you <laughs> and you do not want to upset the big fella. Why throw this out there publicly? It just didn't seem like it made a lot of sense in the moment. Greg Roman, the offense coordinator for the Ravens, says Lamar Jackson is throwing better than ever. Respect it or check it. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, what does it mean? Now, we're still talking about Lamar Jackson throwing. Like, this is a thing that we're still doing. Uh, great. I'm glad he's throwing better than ever. Are y'all going to pay him? Because that's what the big question is here, right? It's not... Lamar Jackson's ability at quarterback. It's whether the Ravens are actually going to hand him the contract. If Lamar Jackson is throwing better than ever, maybe you should talk to your front office and have him cough up some cash. Oh, Amber, this Lamar Jackson thing is just going to continue to fester and fester and hang over everything that's going on in that Ravens organization. I'm checking this because whatever, show him the money or don't. But this storyline, until something else happens, is going to dominate everything they do. And my only question is, at what point do the constant questions really get to Lamar Jackson at all or anybody else in that room? Juan Soto, the new Padres outfielder, was introduced yesterday. And he said, good luck to teams trying to get the Padres lineup out. Respect it or check it. I mean, I'll respect this. Obviously, Juan Soto, you're talking about a generational talent, uh, maybe the biggest deadline deal ever in Major League Baseball history. They also, oh, by the way, got Josh Bell. They have Machado. They have Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, yeah, I'm going to respect this. The Padres seem like they've been doing everything right to try to compete with the Dodgers. I'm actually checking this, and the reason why is because it makes me feel – like I'm getting Brooklyn Nets vibes <laughs> and Ben Simmons going up to the podium after getting that trade 
that he wanted so badly from Philly. And guys, he goes, "Yeah, we're going to be a problem. We are not going to have any issues coming together. And then Simmons didn't play. And Kyrie was still hit or miss throughout the season. And KD got shut down by the Celtics in the playoffs. So just because on paper you think it looks good doesn't always mean in real life it's going to work the way everybody thought it would. You sound like somebody who has been covering the Brooklyn Nets uh, and (laughs) has PTSD from doing so, which is exactly who Nick Friedell is. Canty and Carlin, more of it next. Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. Don't miss them weekdays on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.